Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan. Joining me today as part of our Women at the Helm series is Dr. Danny Espino. Danny is a doctor of physical therapy and founder of AirPT to PR, an outpatient orthopedic practice that provides performance training and physical therapy to runners. She attended Florida International University in Miami, where she competed as an NCAA Division I track and field and cross-country athlete while pursuing an undergraduate degree in biology. Danny specializes in treating orthopedic conditions with a special interest in treating female runners. As a USA track and field level one certified coach, she has a wide range of experience as the head distance coach for her former high school and assistant cross country coach at Agnes Scott College in Atlanta. Danny has a passion for mission work. She has traveled to provide physical therapy services to migrant workers in Moultrie, Georgia, and the community of Honduras. Outside of physical therapy, Dr. Danny continues to run competitively, having qualified to run the New York Marathon, Boston Marathon, and the Chicago Marathon. Dr. Danny and I talked about the beauty of healing and being a healer. The clinic would open at 6 a.m. and these people were walking from their, their villages just to line up outside by like 4 or 5 a.m. And the simplest thing, the simplest thing of listening to them, it meant the world to them. Strength training is a gift we should all give our future selves. Those muscles are pulling on your bones in different directions and that's how the bones get stronger. You know, it's not just impact forces um, from like jumping, running, but strength training itself is doing amazing things for your, your bone health. Dr. Danny, welcome to Hello Health Today. Hi, Carmen. I am so excited to be here today. This is the first time I've been around another qualifier for the Boston Marathon in a long time. When did you qualify? Um, so I qualified, I ran the 2018 Boston Marathon, so I qualified with the New York City Marathon in 2017. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I made it my life's mission to qualify at the top of my age group. So running Boston was my gift to my 40-year-old self. So I ran the the 2017 marathon and it was like I was 39 and 364 days old or something like wow. that. Wow. <laughs> Which marathon did you used to qualify with? Oh, I did the last chance for Boston oh, in okay. Grand Rapids. Yep, yep. that's a so great the course. The very last time you could do I, I made it like just barely like right around. That's awesome. That's so awesome. So why do you love running so much? God, you know, um, I kind of fell into running just out of coincidence. My, my PE teacher was like, hey, we need bodies on the team. Come join. And I... <laughs> And at that point, I had been a dancer for, you know, about 12 years. So that's actually my, my background. Um, and then I didn't run for my eighth grade year. My freshman year, I got a female coach. And it was just like, I just kind of knew. She one day was like, listen, you're not a dancer. You're a runner. And from that moment, I kind of made it my mission. I quit dance. And I was like, I want to dedicate myself to get a scholarship for college. Um, mostly because I knew that my parents, it, it wouldn't be financially feasible for them to, you know, pay out of pay for my, my schooling. So I quit dancing and the next four years I just committed myself to running and was able to earn a scholarship. Wow. Um, and then I just, I just fell in love with running as I, as the more I ran. <laughs> I mean, you've really hit on something is just amazing, which is like the identity, like running as part of your identity. So I've been a runner since I was 15. We have a lot in common. It's like the short haired <laughs> brown girls club. Light eyes. Run. We're picking up on that. <laughs> I've been running since I was 15 That's crazy. and it's just like part of who I am. It's like running is in my soul. 
would you describe it the same way? Yeah, I do. And it's actually this last COVID year, it is something that I've um, been dealing with my identity because I realized how much running truly is. Like I would describe myself, hey, I'm Danny, I'm a runner. Yes. And there's so much more to me. And, you know, when going through injuries or those, those times where running isn't really, you know, you're not at the top of your game, I would find myself, you know, depressed, sad. And I was like, I need to really redefine what I mean as I'm a runner. Um, so I've been navigating that this year and it, it's been great. It's been awesome. I think I have a much more um, healthy relationship with, with myself and running right now. It's funny because every time we talk about running, if you've been running for as long as we have, you've been injured in multiple ways. Yeah. So like that Boston that I ran was the slowest marathon. Like when I ran Boston, I ran it in like five hours and some odd when I had qualified at like 3.30 mm -hmm. or something like that. But right? I think 2017 was also really hot, wasn't it? it oh, you know, it was fine. I mean, yeah. once you've been running in Georgia. Like, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> true, true. But I had really bad, I call it IT band syndrome, mm -hmm. but like, you know, iliotibial band. Yeah. syndrome during that that race and Jeff Galloway had to coach me to make sure I could actually run the marathon. That's so awesome. it's just, you know, why why is running so prone to injury, do you think? Uh, it's just so repetitive. And I think it's you kind of it's such a repetitive activity, but you also tend to be a little bit um zone out. So I think you're not cognizant of what pace you're running, like when you're doing too fast, too much. Um and so I think that's when people, it's kind of like a catch-22. There's a beauty in getting lost within the running itself, but it also, could also be detrimental to you. Um, but I mean, if we think about it a little bit more physical, yeah, it is repetitive, right? You're using the same areas over and over again. And most people that run, unfortunately, that's all they do. They don't do weights. They don't cross-train. We just <laughs> get stuck in like, the, yeah, yeah, the time zone. Like, what's the, uh, what's the, the expression? Um the twilight zone of running, basically. <laughs> so, and and then you know we just we we run, we get injured, we rest or recover, and then we do run it all day. over again. So it's just a repetitive cycle. Actually, right now I'm in recovery from plantar fasciitis. So as you know, I'm trying to run 2,021 miles this year. Yeah. So this is the first time I've tried to do something really big since Boston. That's, what what um, mileage are you at right now? I'm a little bit over 700. So the last time I looked, I was at 715, but I only add up over the months. Gotcha. Um, and this month is going to be a low month because of the mm. injury recovery. What should I do? Give you know, me some advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so plantar fasciitis, like I always tell people, this is one of the thing, those things, same thing like anything like a, like a hamstring tendinopathy. It's just literally a pain to get rid of because you're on your feet all day. Um, so, you know, as... As the tissue's already irritated, what are you doing all day? You're walking on it, so you're only further aggravating it. So the biggest change I tell people is put heat, put heat, heat, heat all the time on your foot just to get blood flow to the area. It's gonna help bring in some healing, um, you know, markers and promote just the recovery of it. Um, and then the other big part of the plantar fasciitis rehab one that I do with my my clients is just really loading that 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 plantar fascia with like calf raises. Um, and then it goes a little bit more into that um, in terms of, cause you think about the plantar fascia, we kind of treat it like a tendon. So we want to load the area. So mm. we want to be doing a little bit heavier work in terms of the calf raises. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to show you some exercises yeah, you can do. Like free advice. Some, Thank yeah, you. Free medical advice right here. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're dealing with that, put heat as often as you can. <laughs> well, you know, it's so interesting because when we talk about running 
every runner has been injured. And so I think a lot of people think that running is bad for you. So just the other day, a gentleman was telling me that my knee joints are going to give out one day if I keep running 40 miles a week. Every time people tell me running is bad for you, I just cringe because it's so much more than that. Um, I think, like we said, you, you do get to get injured, but there's so much that you can be doing to kind of safeguard against those injuries. So, so healthy running, what does that look like? Healthy, consistent running. Um, that's a great question. I always tell, it, it's all about finding the balance. Yes, as runners, if you want to run good, you want to be fast, you have to be running. That's you want to be doing the activity that you want to be good at. Um, but I would for sure um, encourage to include strength training at least twice a week. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be this expansive thing that people, you know, think that's going to take an hour long. You can get an efficient session in 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes max. Um, just make it specific to, to you know, to what running entails. Um, and to just give you a quick breakdown, include like a squat, a deadlift, calf raise, um, and something for your lateral hip muscles, right? Um, yes, you can always include more, but I, it starts somewhere. Just start somewhere. You know what? We can drop that suggestion into the show notes. So maybe we'll we'll put the reps or the time limit. What would you recommend? Yeah. Um, I, if you see some of my running clients, I literally give them five exercises twice a week. It takes about 20 minutes. And yeah, I'm, super, I'm happy so to... So doable. So doable. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the thing. You want to make sure it doesn't turn into a chore because then you're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going to do yeah. it. I know that. And I will say I've had my knees... Um, scanned and they're beautiful. Mm. If anybody's wondering about my joints, they look great on on MRI <laughs> on, on imaging. <laughs> That's why we don't always listen to imaging, right? <laughs> did you assume you'd give up running as you got older? Um, I did, and then I and then I didn't as well. Um, like I, I had mentioned, um, when I consider that I'm, I am going to start trying to have a family, I know running's going to have to take a backseat for a little bit. Um, but just running is so mentally healthy for me that I, I need to keep running. <laughs> like, and I, I hate using the word need because, you know, this is an argument I have with my, with my partner that I should find some other sort of outlet. But nothing fulfills me like running does. Um, so I don't think running is ever going to part ways with me. <laughs> I, I'm asking that because I think that a lot of us feel like we're going to give up our athleticism mm-hmm. as we age instead of staying athletic across the life cycle. And I think it's because we just don't have those role models around us other than professional athletes. Mm. What does it look like to be athletic in your 60s and your 70s even? Because honestly, I want to run till I'm 100. Yeah. I'm not going to die till I'm 135. <laughs> All this running is going to keep me alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and that's the point, right? We only really have the elites or the professionals to look up as role models in terms of like what we define as athleticism. Um, what has personally helped me is just redefining what a, being competitive means to me at each point of my, in my life. Um, so for example, when I was in, in physical therapy school, yes, I couldn't, I, I, at one point I tried running with the Atlanta track club elites and it just wasn't feasible with my wow, schedule. Wow. You could keep up with the Atlanta track club uh, elites. I tried to, I literally, Amazing. I ran into them at the, at the active oval one day and I walked up to a coach and I was like, Hey, um, what do I do to run with you guys? Uh, um, another place I love to run. Yes, active oval, so much it's, fun. It's great for, for longer <laughs> workouts. Um, so I just kind of, you know, it's important for me to stay competitive. So at that point, it's like, what can I feasibly train for? And, and it was a marathon. It was a marathon. And I, I worked with a coach. That's the biggest thing. You know, if you, it helps to hire someone 
to just with the accountability and give you the support to keep training. Um, but then for example, right now, you know, last year during COVID, like races were canceled. So again, what did competitiveness look at that point? And at that point it looked something more like, okay, this might be a time to do your prep work or and sign up for some virtual races. And now we're kind of out of COVID. So now I'm already thinking what's the next race. Um, so it really depends on, on who you are, but it's definitely, I think the biggest thing is, finding what being competitive means to you and how to how to channel that. I have to say I'm going to miss virtual racing. It was fun. Racing with people who, from around the world at the same time. I don't know. I had a, I had got some kicks out of that. Did you do the charge app at all? Of course. Okay, with Tess? I mean, yes. you, when Tess makes you do it, yeah. Tess recommends everything. Thank yeah. you, Tess. Thanks, shout out Tess. Yeah, that was that was my first 5K with the charge app and it was it was it was so awesome cuz I was running like against some of my friends that I could elite like Shauna White and I could be like Shauna White is is in third place and I was like first of all, I'm pretty sure Shauna's is using this as a workout, but that's so Okay. Wait a second, you must be the Danny who's always in first place in all my runs. Oh, <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> Next time I'll be like, Danny, stop running so fast. <laughs> I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> Make running meditative, not competitive. <laughs> it's hard to sometimes. <laughs> so Dr. Danny, tell me more about Air PT to PR. Very cool concept, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, so I um I started Air PT to PR, um, my own practice officially full-time last uh, February 2020. Um, and basically the goal is, the biggest goal with my practice is I want to help my clients or my patients or anyone that I interact with take control of their health. The the least amount of interaction that they, they need to have hands-on with me, the better. Um, because like we said, running is something that you are going to get injured. And I really want to teach people like, hey, when the, when this, when you do get injured, these are sort of the steps that you need to take. You don't always need to be relying. And, and I know it's counterintuitive, but I'm saying like, I don't, I just don't want people to always have to feel like they need to rely on me. Like I want them to learn the tools, what they can do to be, um, have a little bit more autonomy over their own, their own, um, care. I'm a big fan of this idea that you can't really give to yourself the things that you're putting out in the world, right? So taking good care of everybody else and how to take care of yourself is really hard. Do you agree? Yes, I actually <laughs> have a hard time with that. Um, I feel like a lot of my energy does go to my, my clients. And so that's stuff in there that I need to... And, and again, the busier I get, the more clients I get, the more p- people I get, the more time I need to dedicate to really focusing on myself. Um, so the way I do that is I make sure I do all my self-care stuff first thing in the morning. Um, if I'm not feeling 100%, I'm not going to be able to give my energy to everybody else. So that's been, that's been a huge just learning process and continues to be. Are you an early riser? I am. And now even more so, I've been running like at 530 in the morning or... Beat the heat. Yeah, beat the... Yeah, it's getting hot. As soon as the sun comes up, it's it's incredibly unbearable. (laughs) It is. It is. Um, And just um, in terms of always... I was tired of feeling there's not enough hours in the day and there absolutely is if you just plan your day accordingly. Um, so I've had success with waking up earlier, getting my stuff done and then being able to do a, you know, business owner, being a wife, being a daughter, a friend, every, every other role that I have to play. Did you know a physical therapist saved my life? I did not. Well, you kind of mentioned it, but not, not too many of the details. I was hit by a car in my twenties. I think I was actually 21. And so I was running 
and they just didn't see me. And um, I developed terrible lymphedema after um, the like huge injury. So basically, my entire left leg swollen was swollen. And the doctor said I would never run again. So we're talking like three orthopedic surgeons that I saw told me I'd never run again. What was the reasoning for that, for saying that? Well, I broke most of the uh, bones in my left Mm. foot. And then the swelling was so severe, it just wasn't going down no matter what they did. So the medications weren't working, compression wasn't working. It was a lot of, it was very painful. And they were just like, well, just stop running. And so um, a physical therapist started working with me and gradually I learned to cope with the way my left leg was functioning. And over time, I went from being in the pool to walking again really well to like running short segments, mm-hmm. running, walking, run, walking. And then I was like, oh, I'll run a mile. And so it was over the course of like three years, I yeah. returned to running. Those doctors didn't know who you were. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know the, the fire in you, clearly. <laughs> and honestly, I think that's the beauty about being a physical therapist because we actually get to go through that whole journey with you, right? Um, and we just get to know you in a different way than a, a doctor might not be able to know, you know, doesn't get to know you. Um, you, you know, we're your coaches, your biggest cheerleaders. And the biggest thing I, I think that we, we do really well is just listening to what you want. And like, we're kind of hardheaded. I find that a lot of physical therapists are stubborn. Like you have a goal, <laughs> we're going to help you reach that goal. Um, so that, that's, all, that's amazing that you had that experience with a physical therapist. Um, I feel like our profession is undervalued at some time. So I'm, I'm glad that you had that oh, man. hands-on experience. I really wish that I could, I, I don't remember her name. I think at the time I didn't realize the treasure mm. that I had. And now looking back, I just wish I could thank her. Because without her, I would never have qualified for Boston or even dreamed yeah. that it would have been possible for me again. Exactly. So, um, Yay, PT. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, how many stories of recovery have you heard like that? Oh, so many. Um, yeah. I mean, for myself, the reason why I ultimately went into physical therapy is because it was because of my own interaction with a the physical therapist when I was injured in college. Um, but yeah, I hear it all the time. You know, like when someone was told... You're, you can't run again or, you know, as even as simple as like, you're never going to be able to do like a, an activity that you would consider like daily living. Um, and you know, you go to your physical therapist and they, again, they just listen and they just help you create that plan. I mean, it is a process, right? It's, and I think that's the big thing that we need to get our patients or clients to understand is it is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. There's not if I had a magic pill to help you recover, I would give it to you. It really is process, patience, and a lot of, you know, doing things, seeing how you respond and modifying. Um, so every time I work with somebody, I'm like, listen, this is going to take a little bit of time. Um, and as long as you communicate that clearly, um, I think people respect that. And then they see, you know, they see the results of that. I think now is a good time for a short break. Yeah. We'll be right back. Did you know, women only have about 15% share of the voice distributed by main media. Last year, only 21% of top charting podcasts had a female host. This is because we need more ratings and reviews. We need you. This is the only time we'll ever ask you to stop listening. Hit the pause button. Take the time right now to rate and review us. Help us change the stats. That way, we can be here when you're ready to listen again. 
My guest today is Dr. Daniela Espino. So, Danny, I was so excited to talk with you because my co-author, Dr. Ruth Parker, has been such an influence in my life. She played tennis in college, and she picked up running in her 50s. She ran her first marathon shortly afterwards. And, uh, you know, watching her do this, I was like, this is cool. I'm watching a woman who I want to be like. She's the first true athlete who's shown me after kids, after you're, you, when you're thinking about like heading towards retirement, that you can pick up another sport. I think many women who are athletes feel like we have to leave our athleticism back in our 20s, and it's not been true for her or me or you. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so what's driving this? It's that inner drive. Like I always feel like I need to be pursuing more. I still have some goals, unaccomplished goals from college, um, and I still think that I, there's time. There's still time to 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 make those happen. And I know as you get older, you know, yes, physiologically, you you know, you tend to slow down a little bit or whatnot, or a lot uh, in my case. Or, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that you don't keep trying for you know those goals that you have. Um, I just don't ever want to feel like I didn't try. Um, so that's honestly what drives me forward to keep training and, and running. You work with many clients who society deems older. What's the coolest athletic goal you've seen one of your older clients achieve? Uh, and this isn't even a, a runner. It's uh, just one of my my clients. I have like a chronic history of low back pain, um, back surgeries. And, you know, we started working together more from a personal training standpoint. And um, she is deadlifting, <gasps> squatting. What? She's in her, in her, she just turned, I think her birthday was last week. She just turned 65 officially. Oh my goodness. So uh, cool. I know. And she also had um, um, osteoporosis and just seeing like her bone scans, everything, her bone mineral density is getting up no more like back pain. So she's like living just a fuller life because she's not in constant discomfort. And then she wrote me the sweetest card. She's like, oh yeah, I get emotional when I talk about her, but um, <laughs> you've shown me like I could do stuff that I didn't think was possible. Um, and so I love working with, the, with those populations. No, oh, you've so, got tears I in did, your eyes. God. You get attached to these people. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Well, we've been working for over a year now, and I work with a husband too, which is which is so fun. <laughs> it's so fun to see like the opposites <laughs> attract. Um, but yeah, they're they're my favorite people to work with for sure. It feels so good when you feel good inside your own skin. Yeah. But how counterintuitive is that? I mean, you get back surgeries and develop osteoporosis, and then you start becoming a weightlifter. Yeah. And you get better. Yeah. Amazing and how um, bones respond to muscular strengthening. They do, absolutely. And you know, that's that's the thing with a lot of people, um, older people, I, I, I don't like to use the word geriatrics because I just consider people people. But, um, you know, they just see it the, the, the thought processes are fragile or you're going to hurt them. It's absolutely the opposite. Like you're going to strengthen them. You're going to be able to teach them to do things without the help of others, which is what everybody ultimately wants, right? You want to be as independent as you, as you can be. Um, so yeah, I just, I just wish, hope that thought process continues to be instilled um, in the generations of PTs being raised or doctors or whatnot. <laughs> like let's treat our older people, like just people, like they're strong Badass people. Sorry for the language. Um, and they should be treated as that. 
It's interesting that you bring that up. Did you know only 20% of American women actually get the 20 minutes twice weekly of whole body strength training they need to maintain bone health? So you just said osteoporosis. So let's talk bone health. We don't often think about how much we like our bones, but as someone who's taken care of hospitalized patients with hip fractures, mm. I can tell you, I think bone health is invaluable. Absolutely. Yeah. And I did not know that stat, which is astonishing. And it almost makes me wonder, is it because of all the other roles that women tend to play that mm. we're limited to that or, or where that's coming from? Is it from some sort of belief of that women shouldn't be lifting because that's still very popular? Interesting. Um, so that's a, that's, that's a crazy stat. Yeah. Well, you know, I think of strength training now as the gift I'm giving to myself when I'm 70. Yeah. So I think that we also don't realize that you can preserve your bone health only by strength training, right? So we're, this is the time in our 40s that we no longer gain in bone density. We right. can only lose, but to buffer against those losses, we really need to be in the gym or in your, in your practice. <laughs> yeah, you could come see me. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, strength training is, is so important. And like you said, just two sessions a week, it's going to, I'm blanking out on the stat, but um, there's, I, I would have to look it up and maybe get back to you, but I, something in, in a, a percentage gain of muscle mass increases your bone mineral density exponentially. Um, I can't remember the, the exact number, too, right? We I? should look it up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those muscles are pulling on your bones in different directions and that's how the bones get stronger. You know, it's not just impact forces um, from like jumping, running, but strength training itself is doing amazing things for your, your bone health. You know, it's interesting because I, when I was 21 and I went back when I was hit by that car, I was a bone tissue engineer. So I was in the MIT labs working on like tissues that we could use as prosthetics. And I also worked on surfaces for um, joint prosthetics, right? So I know a lot about how bones work yeah. and their yeah. architecture. And what actually happens when we strength train is we send electrical impulses through the bones that they need to maintain their architecture. So it's just really awesome. Like what you do is giving me the gift of living to be 135 <laughs> and still being independent in the community. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so Dr. Danny, it's great speaking with a fellow business owner. AirPT to PR, like Hello Health, sponsored the race by the Unity Collective, the first half marathon in the city of Atlanta to course through neighborhoods south of Interstate 20. Why does your business sponsor the race? Yeah, um... So Tess, as we all know, is is one of the founders of the race. Um, she's always been one of my biggest cheerleaders. So when the race first was coming into, you know, was there was this idea and then she was putting it together, you know, she reached out for people to sponsor and and we knew we just had to. She's always supported us and we absolutely believed in everything that she did. Um, and a big thing that resonated with me about the race was that it really did serve um, our community. Um, it was for, for our people, by our people, and it also had the big charity component of it, of giving back um, to others and community, and, and that's a big passion of mine. Um, so that's a big reason why I sponsored the race. I just believe in what they're trying to do. Very cool. We're, we're very like-minded. I'm picking up on that. <laughs> Tell me more about your mission work. Why do you do it? Yeah, uh, I think the old my whole life, I've always felt called to help others, um, and... 
I still feel like the older I get, the more that sort of drive is just always in the back of my head. Um, and I feel like I've been gifted with these gifts, right? The ability to run, the ability to, to teach, right? As a physical therapist, well, I was a teacher before, but to teach and um, physical therapy sort of help people, you know, rehab or whatnot. Um, so a lot of what I, what I envision myself doing and I have done is just going to other countries and, and helping people volunteering, whether it's, I, I taught in Thailand for eight weeks. I helped ta- to teach English. Um, then I went on a mission trip to Honduras where we offered physical therapy services. And it's in those times, like the clinic would open at 6am and these people were walking from their, their villages just to line up outside by like four or 5am, um, and the simplest thing, the simplest thing of just like listening to them, it meant the world to them. Just giving them the simple, just one simple thing to make them feel better was not taken for granted. And um, I think we live in a culture in, in the States, uh, just Western medicine in general, where we undervalue the gifts that healthcare providers can give. And, and these things are so needed in other countries that don't have access to it. So I feel, I feel called to do that, to, to do more in that area. It feels good to be... Um respected and have people actually listening yeah. <laughs> like you're dropping gold from from the sky doesn't it? the simple things right well you know I think of myself as a healer instead of as a physician mm. a lot of the time I like that yeah and I, I think that just looking at you you look like a healer too <laughs> I think so <laughs> yeah so tell me more about how you take good care of yourself you're so busy you're a caretaker for others you're really active and I can see that you really care yeah. about what you do. So what self-care practices are, are helping you be well so that you can be there for others? Yeah. Um, like I said, exercise has always been huge for me. Um, so I would say running is number one. Um, I definitely start like the first portion of my run, no matter what, uh, spend the first couple of minutes just kind of reflecting and giving giving just gratitude, gratitude for what I have, gratitude for, for what I want, and just being thankful. Um even as simple as just like, thank you for the ability to run, right? Like it's such a simple thing, but so many people can't do that, right? Whether it's physically or whatnot. So just that simple act of running means so much to me. Um, the other thing I do some, spend some time with is um, I am spiritual. Um, so whether I listen to worship music or a podcast, I'm always searching for that deeper purpose. Um, what else? Um, and... The other thing is spending time, spending time with my family. Now that is an area I need to, as I started a business, need to improve on. (laughs) So, uh, we are working on that. Um, but I, I absolutely need to take care of myself. If not, I cannot show up for, for my patients or, or for my wife. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not in your defense, two entrepreneurs in one family. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. My wife is a, she is an entrepreneur. She is an absolute badass, my biggest motivation. Um, but I can't neglect the fact that I need to improve in that area. (laughs) It's time for action steps for the day. Dr. Danny, how can we take good care of our muscles and bones so we can age gracefully? Yes. Find someone to be on your team. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, if, if just start somewhere. If you need help, absolutely. You can... Um, the resources are out there. You're, you know, feel free to contact me myself. But the biggest thing is if you, if you don't know how to start, find someone that can help you get started, kind of teach you the ropes. And then, you know, at some point you can be independent with your own care, which is, like I said, what I do feel that most people should be able to do. Um, and 
the other thing is, you know, once you have someone to help you, like physically give you the plans, find your support team. There's going to be those days that you don't want to do stuff. Um, so find those accountability partners with your friends. Um, you don't have to go at it alone. Um, that's the biggest thing. You don't have to do any of it alone. There's always people to help you out. 20 minutes twice weekly is all it all takes. All it takes. All it takes. To maintain your bones. Think about your bones now and give the gift to yourself. It's a 10-year gift, you know? It takes yeah. a while to... <laughs> so, Dr. Denny, how can we find you? Because, you know, I need some personal training yes. so that I can, you know, strength train because it's not my forte. I'd rather run. <laughs> me too. It took a while too for me to get in the routine. Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram as air, A-I-R-E dot P-T-2-P-R. Um, and you can also visit my website, www.airpt2pr.com. Um, and then... My email address is info at airpt2pr.com. Pretty simple. <laughs> um, and when in doubt, reach out to Dr. Carmen. She'll give you my contact info. <laughs> Actually, you won't have to do that because we're going to post all of that great info in our show notes. And we're going to place uh, Dr. Danny's recommendations for her five exercises that you should do into the show notes as well. So check those out. Thank you for listening to Hello Health today. Until next time, remember, today is good. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician-patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.